Genesis chapter 8. But God paid mind to Noah and all living things, all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God brought a rushing wind across the earth, so that the waters abated, the well springs of ocean and the sluices of the heavens were dammed up, and the torrent from the heavens was held back. The waters returning from upon the earth, continually advancing and returning, and the waters diminished at the end of a hundred and fifty days. And the ark came to rest in the seventh new moon, on the seventeenth day after new moon, upon the mountains of Ararat. Now the waters continued to advance and diminish until the tenth new moon. On the tenth, on the first day of the new moon, the tops of the mountains could be seen. At the end of forty days it was, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out a raven. It went off, going off and returning, until the waters were dried up from upon the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see whether the waters had subsided from the face of the soil. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, so she returned to him into the ark. For there was water upon the face of all the earth. He sent forth his hand and took her, and brought her to him into the ark. Then he waited yet another seven days, and sent out the dove again from the ark. The dove came back to him at even time, and here a fresh plucked olive leaf in her beak. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from upon the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days, and sent out the dove, but she returned to him again no more. And so it was, in the six hundred and first year, in the beginning month, in the first day of the new moon, that the waters left firm ground upon the earth. Noah removed the covering of the ark and saw, Here the face of the soil was firm. Now in the second new moon, on the twenty-seventh day after the new moon, the earth was completely dry. God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, your sons and your sons' wives with you, all living things that are with you, all flesh, fowl, animals, and all crawling things that crawl about upon the earth. Have them go out with you, that they may swarm on earth, that they may bear fruit and become many upon the earth. So Noah went out, his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives with him, all living things, all crawling things, and all fowl, all that crawl about upon the earth, according to their clans, they went out of the ark. 
Noah built a slaughter site to Yahweh. He took from all pure animals and from all pure fowl and offered up offerings upon the slaughter site. And when Yahweh smelled the soothing savor, Yahweh said in his heart, I will never curse the soil again on human account, since what the human heart forms is evil from its youth. I will never again strike down all living things as I have done, never again all the days of the earth shall sowing and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, ever cease. So ends chapter 8. So there's Genesis 8. Go ahead, take your timeline and the math. 7 days, 40 days, 150 days from the 2nd month to the 10 month. This is not a historic account of facts. God remembers the ark load, returns the sphere of order amid the chaos of the deeps and beyond the heavens. This is epic, mythic, legendary scale. Add another 40 days, then send a dove, which returns, unable to light anywhere. Send another one. A week later, then it returns with an olive branch, symbol and image of peacemaking in our time. Months later, over a year from the first rain, the occupants of the ark may re-inhabit the earth. In post-exilic times, the idea of a small diaspora scattered acting as a preserver of life, the breeding and seeding base for reclaiming the earth, except new meaning. God makes peace with the land, relieves its curse, and makes peace with the occupants of the ark. The passengers offer sacrifice of the spare clean animals, and God promises relief and accepts a lower standard from humans who've been revealed as prone to violence, violating relationships intended among them and other creatures. Thus, we get to be carnivores. The promise asserts nevermore, and we cling to that hope. Good creation is not malevolent, threatening, nor is God barely restraining abusive anger. This is more God's patient, self-limiting, canonic, self-emptying, to make room for relationship with free humans who have agency to choose. What do you make of this retelling?